Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. I'm going to share with you a little bit about the riches of God's glory, if that's okay. If not, I'm going to do it anyway, just to let you know that. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a good statement? Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you something according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Of course, the next verse then talks about how then he's able to do for us exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to this dunamis miracle working power of God that's efficiently operative within our lives. But I want to point out the fact that this second prayer that he prayed for the church at Ephesus involves culminating in the person or the believer being filled with all the fullness of God. Anybody want to be filled with all the fullness of God? Well, the thing is, how do we get there? What does it involve? Well, if we break it down, this is what happens. Paul prays this prayer that something would be granted to them. But how would it be granted? According to what? The riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. Notice the emphasis is being on that, not what is actually granted but it's according to the riches of his glory that they would be strengthened with might in this inner man. That they would be filled with the love of God, a knowledge of the love of God and the love of Christ, and then also get to a place that they're filled with this fullness of God. So the emphasis is on the riches that we have in Christ. This is not him praying for their marriages, He's not praying for, uh, let's say, relationships. He's not praying for their health. He's not praying for their finances. This is involving something within the heart of the believer, in the spirit of the believer, that according to the riches of God's glory, there would come strength that's within, a revelation of God's love and the love of Christ in all of its dimensions that are endless. And then become filled with the fullness of God. That was his prayer for the people. So what we see here is that it's suggesting that God's glory involves more than just what his glory does. It's involving the glory that's on the inside of us. And the glory 
inside of us enables him to have a flow of these riches and manifest them in our lives. So Paul is trying to tell these people, look, God's glory is the source of all the riches that God has. And every time I've read this verse, and I also see the same thing in Ephesians chapter 1, when he talks about the riches of the glory of his inheritance and his saints. Ever stop and really wonder what that really means? What is this richness of the glory of his inheritance, his inheritance in the saints? So Paul emphasizes this throughout his writings here in his prayers for the church. So he's not just praying, like I said, for them to have good relationships, marriages being restored, health, healing, financial assistance and aid. He's talking about something inward and something deep within the heart of the believer. Sometimes I think we might be a little bit shallow when it comes to understanding this. God is trying to convey to us the fact that it's all about his glory. It's all about his glory in us. As a matter of fact, the Bible is all about Jesus. In the, in the beginning, the Old Testament, it's all about Jesus coming into the world, preparing for Jesus to come into the world. In the Gospels, we see the manifestation of Jesus in the world. In the Gospels, we see that. But in the Epistles, we see an explanation of Jesus. The book of Acts, I'm sorry, explains the explanation of Jesus and the epistles. So it's all about Jesus. Now, any, anybody, no one would argue with that, right? No one at all. But how about this? It's not just about Jesus. It's about us. It's about Jesus, and it's about us. It's about the creation of man. It's about the fall of man. It's about the redemption of man. It's about the glorification of man. If you read through all these scriptures, take these two words for us. Look them up. He made him to be sin for us. Read all the verses that talk about for us. He made Christ to be sin for us. Christ gave his life for us. He sacrificed himself for us. And you look at all those verses of scripture and you think about this. We're the object of his love. Jesus came into this world to save us. To deliver us, to empower us, to enable us to live for him, not just here on earth, but eternally. So Paul is trying to describe to us something that goes probably beyond our comprehension. The riches of the glory of his inheritance. What did he inherit in us? A family? Is, are we that special to God that we're part of this inheritance? Look at some of these verses here. The glory is the source of his riches, and his riches flow from his glory. And so when we pray tonight, we're going to keep that in mind. We're not just praying for someone to be healed or for a nation to be uh, helped. We're praying for the God of glory to grant us this measure of his glory that manifests itself in ways that will reach out. And touch the hearts and lives of the people and also of the nation and so forth. In Romans 9, look at 22 and 23. In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom 
He shows mercy who were prepared in advance for what? You know, we've all been prepared in advance for glory. You know, yet Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Look at the next one, Colossians 1.27. That's what it makes known to us. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory. There's that expression again. What's the riches of his glory? It's this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when God is granting something, he's granting something according to the riches of his glory. This is talking about being prepared for glory. This is talking about Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we have glory in this earthen vessel of ours. And it could be predominant or it could just be doing nothing in the life of the believer. I would rather have it manifest in us and through us. What about you? And then the next one, Philippians 4.19. From this riches of his glory, we see a divine flow of provision that will impact the lives of people. Verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need. How? According to the riches, his riches in glory by Jesus Christ. And what's it suggesting? Something took place when Christ finished his work and all that he did. There is a provision of something that goes beyond our comprehension. These riches in glory come by Christ Jesus. Was it because of his finished work and all that he accomplished? But in this context, he's talking about provision financially for every person. And the suggestion is this, that heaven is wealthy. Don't let anybody fool you. These that talk about how God doesn't want to meet everybody's financial needs and all that. Let me tell you something right now. Heaven is a wealthy place. There's a lot of wealth in heaven. Streets are lined with gold. The pearly gates, and we go on, and we can name all the wonderful things of heaven. Thank God for everything that's up there. But he's talking about a provision that flows from him to transfer all this provision from heaven to us. Now, he was provided for by the church here at Philippi. But he said, God will supply your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So there's going to be a divine flow from heaven and a transfer from heaven. All that belongs to us as a covenant right because we're the children of Almighty God. And whatever our need might be, heaven has more than enough. That's why we call him the God of plenty. He's more than enough. And he wants to transfer it into our lives. Have we limited him by not recognizing the fact that we have within us Christ, the hope of glory, who opens up heaven's windows and pours out to us everything that we need? So once again, it starts with the glory of God on the inside of us, and then it flows and manifests. Primarily, number one, inwardly, strengthening us in the inner man. Next one, Ephesians 3, 8, almost incomprehensible, but notice what it says in the Amplified Translation. To me, though, I am very least of all the saints. God consecrated people. This grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles, notice these words, the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ's wealth, which no human being could have searched out. It's pretty powerful. We have something in us, and this goes beyond financial assistance and aid. It's talking about the riches that we have in Christ is inexhaustible. 
It's beyond our comprehension. And once again, it's so easy for us to limit what God has done in us. As an individual, as a church body, it's right there at our fingertips. We have to recognize it. Look in Ephesians chapter 2. We read these verses all the time, but do we really see the depth of their meaning? That in the ages to come, he raised us up from darkness to the light. We know all that. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding. Now we have something even more. Exceeding what? Riches of his grace, which is tied into his glory. In his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. This is something, once again, so incomprehensible. Something that we have a difficult time wrapping our brain around. You mean there is a time that's going to come when everything that heaven has is going to become a reality to all of us? There's going to be a fullness of all these wealth and riches that we have in Christ that are going to be manifested in and through all of our lives throughout eternity. And look at this final verse. Well, next to the final verse in Ephesians 1 and verse 18, when Paul prayed this prayer, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know something. Number one, the hope of his calling. Number two, what the riches of the glory, now notice this, of his inheritance in the saints. His, there's a twofold way to look at that. It could be a divine flow of this inheritance and these riches that come into our lives. But on the other hand, he's inherited something in us. And look at Psalms, in the book of Psalms, how it talks about how Israel was the inheritance of the Lord. Let's read it. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he had chosen for his own what? Well, guess what? They were and are his chosen people. They are his inheritance. But now we are his inheritance in Christ. Every single one of us. And he wants them to know and understand exactly what that means. And that's why he's praying that their eyes would be open, that they could see that. Thank God, everything that Christ has done, he's done for us. He died for us, was raised for us. He was sacrificed for us, became sin for us. He gave his life for us. Go back to Isaiah 53. It's not the word us for us, but what does it say? Surely he bore our sickness. He carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. All that was for us. He did not do that for himself. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. I want our prayer to be tonight that. Open up our eyes that we might truly, fully understand what it means to have within us the riches of Christ. How that we can understand the glory on the inside of us is intended by God to manifest through us what divine flow of his wealth and riches in Christ would flow out from us and touch the hearts and lives of people everywhere we go. No wonder the devil wants to bring confusion. He wants to bring division. He wants to bring anything and everything that would stop that divine flow of power. In conclusion, let's put it this way. Look at Romans 11, verse 36. God's riches and glory means that his glory is the source of all things, and from this glory... Everything flows. For of him, through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. It's from him, to him, for him. It's all about his glory. Look, we want to see the glory cloud. I've seen the glory cloud. That's only a taste for us to see what's really on the inside of us. 
God wants us to engage this in our lives. To rise up from where we're at and get to a place that we have a revelation of this glory of God within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So that it can manifest through us to accomplish the purposes of God's will in the earth. He's not praying for someone to be delivered from drugs or alcohol. He's not praying for a marriage to be restored. He's not praying for someone's health and well-being. He's praying that we'd be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That we'd have a revelation of the endless dimensions of the love of God. That we would recognize the divine flow of the glory of God, the dunamis miracle working power of God in us, making it available everywhere and anywhere we go. So let's